G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Wendy, there's a whole bunch of stuff happening and Australian Christian Lobby is monitoring along some very, very important issues. Mm. Uh, Abortion legislation, it's reared its head again in New South Wales, a Greens bill. Mm -hmm. And then there's the ongoing uh, conversation that's happening and uh, there's been committees that are looking at the independent uh, Rob Pine and his bill in Queensland. What's happening with, let's start with New South Wales. What's happening in New South Wales with abortion? Yeah, so in New South Wales, uh, probably, uh, I mean, I would have said that the Queensland um, push was the worst in the world, but the New South Wales one is very bad as well. And this is coming from the Greens. They've tabled a um, member's bill, a private member's bill, and they've called it the Abortion Law Reform um, Bill 2016. And the basis of it is that they, they say that the current um, abortion legislation is archaic. Uh, now, right from the very get-go, I would say, um, you know, abortion laws that were put in place maybe 100 years ago, at that time we had no ultrasound, we had no ability to actually understand uh, the development of the baby in the womb. And so to say that that is archaic always really puzzles me because we now are in a situation where we um, have no doubt as to a baby's reaction to pain, to music, to a mother's voice in the womb. And so I, I guess I'd just like to start with that because they're saying that the current legislation is archaic. What New South Wales Greens want to do is to repeal sections of the Crimes Act relating to abortion offences so they would make it um, not a crime to have abortion up to birth for any reason. Uh, So uh, completely removing any restrictions. They also, in their bill, they have provided for safe access zones around abortion clinics, as they call them, and so people would not be able to pray or even um, try and talk to anybody within 150 metres. At times, that that amount of of meterage would actually include uh, medical providers. At times, it would include even schools. So you would not be able to talk pro-life talk within 150 metres. And they are also removing any conscientious, conscientious objection uh, for doctors um, uh, in New South Wales. And a doctor would have to refer, if they won't do the abortion themselves, they would have to refer the patient for an abortion. Uh, so it, it's actually really concerning um, and hot on the heels of the, new, of the Queensland, as you say, there's a real push around the country. I can understand what you're saying, Wendy, when you say it could be worse because every time there's a new abortion bill, it gets Mm. worse. We thought that Victoria had the worst abortion laws in the world. Then Tasmania went on to top that. You've got the bill in Queensland, which was going to top everything that had been happening in the South. And now you're saying that in New South Wales, it's going to be illegal for anyone to even have a pro-life conversation within 150 metres. That is just uh, amazing. I mean, it's even almost, that sounds like yeah. a, a crippling idea that yep. would uh, would affect any, anyone's free speech. 
Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, the, the girls who are going in, entering an abortion clinic, they often just want that last opportunity to have a conversation with somebody. And the people who stand um, outside, they're not outside hassling anybody. They, they are absolutely there praying and um, unavailable for a talk if somebody wants to have a talk. But, you know, we are um, just going headlong uh, into this sort of radical abortion legislation when around the world things are actually completely different in america they're trying desperately to pull back some of their abortion legislation because it's gone too far and we've seen the whole planned parenthood um, debacle with baby parts being sold it's almost too awful to talk on radio about it and but when we see in europe right across europe in germany in in belgium in france they have very strict limits um, very few abortions are even allowed after 12 weeks. I would not want any abortions, but over in Europe, they are very, very careful um, because they realise that uh, the enormous impact that obviously it has on the baby itself, but also on the mothers and the fathers, the grandparents and society in general. And so in Europe, the, the restrictions around abortion are very, very tight. And here in Australia, we just feel it seems like we're just hell-bent on making them the most liberal abortion laws in the world. It's a scary thought. And, you know, you might have thought that even 10 or 20 years ago, uh, then things that were developing and uh, there was a slippery slope that was happening even then with the abortion laws. But, but with the advancements that have been happening, with the research into the children in the womb, and mm. you mentioned earlier that mm. whole issue of, uh, of the baby in the womb feeling pain from mm. a very young age, mm. uh, you might assume that with these advancements, with this sort of research, uh, that there might be some sort of pullback on on these things. But as you say, in Australia, somehow or other, it's not getting through. People in legislative roles are not listening to that. They are just pandering to minorities uh, who are calling for protection for their industry. They are. And, and there's also this strong push for equality. Um, now, I think the sad thing for me is that there's a misunderstanding about equality because, of course, God created everybody equal and of course men and women are equal but equal doesn't mean the same uh, equal doesn't mean that we're all ex have to be exactly the same but the in an effort for um, the very strong feminist uh, ideal of being equal they believe they have to be able to be unpregnant if they want to be if they need to to compete with a man on a job front or something they need to have this ability to be not pregnant and it's a complete misunderstanding of equality because you know I am equal to my husband but our functions are actually different and we should be um, relishing that and we should be encouraging women to, in, to um, embrace that difference embrace the differences in our in our makeup and embrace the differences in our functions but rather than that we're actually ignoring as you say the obvious medical um, proof of the baby in the womb being very human and and as you say reacting to pain there's you know we had we now have operations in the womb you know around the 20 week mark to to fix spina bifida or, or different problems and and we rejoice in being able to um, to operate on a, on a tiny little baby in the womb and at the same time in different areas of the hospital we are actually disposing of those babies. It's, it's actually diabolical. It really is. Yep. 
Let's move on to another issue, and we'll be monitoring along what's been happening with the push for that legislation in New South mm. Wales and in Queensland. Thanks, but uh, let's uh, let's talk about the marriage plebiscites because. Yep. Uh, there is deliberation happening uh, with regard to how the wording on a question might look, but there's a amazing pushback against the idea of the marriage plebiscite and uh, all of those forces, and interestingly coming from the uh, same-sex side of the argument, are all against having a plebiscite. They certainly feel as though there must be something to fear, even though all the polls uh, that they're quoting uh, seem to say that everybody will be voting for it. It's, it's very, it's a puzzlement, isn't it? Because they are, they're the ones who keep on saying that all Australians want this. It's time, you know, we're on the wrong side of history, and all these, these sort of words that they say, and yet they're strongly pushing back not to have a plebiscite. Uh, it's the only way we can actually go ahead on this because we've got to realise there have been at least 17 attempts to legislate for same-sex marriage at a Commonwealth level. And all states, except for Queensland and Northern Territory, have also had um, bills put before them for same-sex marriage. So when you've got um, 17 Commonwealth attempts, all that have have failed, uh, what do we keep on doing? Do we just keep on... I mean, it's been no, 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 17 times Mm. Commonwealth level... What are the, um, the same-sex lobby wanting us to do then? It, you know, do we just keep on going until they win? Well, no, it's actually time for the people to have their say. It's gone through the, with the politicians. It's gone to the Commonwealth level. This is um, something that what they're proposing is a huge change for Australian society. It's very significant, lots of ramifications, uh, and this is something that you know, we now have to take it to the people. I just don't see any other option. And I guess it's just because other Western nations appear to be doing it and uh, some of those under duress, when you think of the situation that happened in the United States with judges making a decision, you've got to be able to say, let's draw a line in the sand and say no on this issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, Malcolm Turnbull is doing it largely because, uh, you know, that was part of the agreement with with the nationals, but it's... It's absolutely time to let the peoples have their say. Um, and and I, I think, I personally think that when people go into the privacy of a, of a poll booth, it could be a very different outcome. Okay, and uh, we're going to be talking about RI uh, through Mm. the rest of this morning and the opportunity in just a few moments. uh, We'll be talking with Paul Clark, the Reverend Paul Clark uh, in Queensland, and we'll be talking about the RI issue. Australian Christian Lobby, been following along what's been happening with the deliberations of various committees, and I I know that you're, as the Queensland State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, you're probably uh, on the ball when it comes to things that have been happening. Yes, in Queensland, it's you know been uh, a really unusual. Again, I, I find the um, the thinking on on some of these issues really hard to get my mind around from a logical perspective, because we had in Queensland we had one school that complained about some uh, in, material in the Connect material, and I think there have been in other states as well. And so immediately, uh, Kate Jones, our education minister, um, had some sort of a, a review underway about the Connect materials from one school. Uh, can I just point out that thousands of people have complained about the Safe Schools material and she will not do a review on the Safe Schools material. Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to point that out because yeah, I find it so it? frustrating. Um, but one school in Brisbane, the 
the thing about um, RI too is that it is, we all know that this is opt-in. Parents opt-in to have their children um, do RI in schools. And the transparency for religious ed, uh, instruction is, 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 very, um, is very rigorous. Uh, but Kate Jones was on the ABC radio the other day, our education minister here, saying that um, the, the Queensland government have no um, intention to move away from the current policy when it comes to religious instruction. But we are concerned because I think that there are, um, there are certainly undercurrents of people trying to stop RI here. It's like once some agitation begins, uh, there are others who are that way leaning, who try to get onto the same agitation and uh, and try and keep stirring the pot. That that sort of seems to be what happens with it. We'll keep monitoring that whole situation along. Yeah. Uh, great getting your insights as always, Wendy Francis. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us today here on 2020. Thank you, Neil. We really appreciate what you do. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.